helped defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Family Life International presents Father Nicholas Grace of the Institute of the Incarnate Word. To learn more about the Institute, go to www.ive.org. Before we introduce the team and we talked about virtue, we mentioned that virtue is a good habit which prepares the person, disposes the person to act, to carry out all their actions in accordance with right reason, to act rationally. With all the moral virtues, justice, fortitude, prudence, any of these, right reason indicates to the person, regards their actions, the right measure, the need of moderation. The virtue that we focus on today, though, temperance, this specially measures, moderates, and even teaches us to hold back the most animalistic inclinations that we have. The most animalistic inclinations that we have. I'd like to talk about today what this virtue is, why it's important, and what are those vices which are contrary to it, which will diminish our chances of growing in the virtue of temperance. So what is it? In the widest sense, it means moderation in actions and passions, like all the virtues. But in a strict sense, temperance means moderation in the sensual and the carnal pleasures. Pleasures. We can define the temperate man or woman as one who is not excessive in his pursuit of pleasure. We can define the temperate man as one who is moderate with good things, controlled with the use of good things, and abstinent in the use of bad things, has the power to reject bad things. Why else is the virtue important? Because, quite simply, it is not possible for a person to be truly prudent or strong or even just unless they're also temperate. Just as much as the virtue of temperance depends on the other cardinal virtues, so they depend on it. It's fundamental. It's important because the person who is temperate has the great possibility to really have what we call self-mastery, self-government, dominion over themselves, which means that the higher part can govern the lower part. This is particularly true with temperance because, like I said, this is the virtue that controls and governs the animalistic appetite in the human being, the lower part of the human being. What happens then is that the passions, less, less often, they lose their capacity to really influence in a, in a bad way our intelligence, our will, or even our heart. Look around you out there. The world is full of people who are completely guided by their heart and their passions and not this, to their detriment. This virtue is tremendously important because a human that cannot control themselves is more animal than man. There's plenty of them out there, let me tell you. Control ourselves in what? Pleasures, 
in our use of pleasure. Intellectual pleasure, spiritual pleasure, sense pleasure. The pleasure that we derive, for example, from looking at a landscape, a beautiful painting, a beautiful person. There can be disproportion there. The pleasure we take from listening to a beautiful melody, listening to music. How many times do we hear, every time I go up to the roads, oh, every time I go up to the room, the young lad, the son, he's not studying, he's listening to that iPhone, he's listening to the music. You haven't taught him to be tempered in his use of music, in a sense, pleasure. You haven't taught him the importance of equilibrium. Now he's walking all over you. Pleasure, though, above all, which temperance regulates, as I mentioned before, is carnal pleasure. Pleasures of the flesh that St. Paul talks about. Regards food, drink, and sexual intimacy. These three. Now, the virtue of temperance, if a person is temperate or not, is very, very clear regards these things. Because these three things are the most necessary and natural inclinations that a human being has. And the more necessary and natural an inclination has, the more likely we are to embrace it. The more likely we are to embrace it, the more possibility there is for disproportion, disorder. These are the most natural and necessary things a human being has. If any person doesn't eat or drink, they don't stay alive. Every person has to eat and drink to stay alive. And men and women have to have sexual intimacy to keep the human race alive. God has given us these natural inclinations for those purposes. Self-preservation. But there can be disproportion. Especially in this day and age, with television with newspapers, with iPads, iPhones, i-whatever, because we're constantly bombarded with advertising, no? Telling us to eat things that we don't need, that aren't good for us, to drink more than we need to, to treat each other, look at each other in a way which is, quite frankly, inappropriate. Inappropriate. And what happens? These natural tendencies... These natural inclinations are constantly being fired up. We're constantly desiring sexual intimacy or to eat or to drink when we don't need it. And this is to our detriment. This is why the virtue of temperance is so important because it gets us to put the brakes on, to calm down, to glance away, to, to uh, eat half a portion, to, uh, to not go over the top on... The, I mean, we need this. However, we really need to cultivate this virtue as well, this natural cardinal virtue of temperance, because if our house isn't in order down here, if we don't make our efforts, God won't give us His graces and His supernatural virtues from above. This is why we've entered into this topic on the cardinal virtues, because the virtues are what help us to get in order. And if we don't do our part, God won't do his part. If a person doesn't have the supernatural, the natural virtue of temperance, you can forget about getting the supernatural virtue of temperance. 
Supernatural virtue of temperance. What's that? This is when we're guided by faith. Guided by faith to behave in a supernatural manner. In a manner like, for example, doing actions which could be valuable for merit. Like fasting. This is a type of temperance. But we fast, we deny ourselves food to unite ourselves to the cross. Or chastity. A person practices chastity or virginity to imitate Christ. Supernatural temperance. However, this is different from natural temperance, which I've been talking about today, which is not guided by faith, but guided by reason. For the sole purpose of a person's health. Natural health, not spiritual health. For example, a person might be temperate in food or drink because they want to keep the waistline down. It's a bit easier after Christmas time, okay? Or because they have a heart problem. Or because whatever. A person, even a young person, might refrain from sexual intimacy on the weekend simply because they don't want to get disease. But the intemperate person might go out there on a Saturday night, eat too much, drink too much, and get into a liaison that they know they shouldn't, that it's not going to do them good because they're intemperate, because they don't have control. So this is important. Practice natural temperance and we have a good chance of getting a blast of the supernatural stuff. How do we do it? How do we live the natural virtue of temperance? Easy. Avoid the things which are contrary to it, the contrary vices. Gluttony. Overindulgence with food. And that doesn't mean just eating too much. It means eating too fast, like an animal, which children often do. Or eating too exquisitely. No, exaggerating on the amount of rich food we eat, how much money we spend on it. Opulence in food. Adultery, fornication, lust, these are also disproportion in that natural inclination to the sexual activity. Drunkenness. Drunkenness doesn't only go against the virtue of temperance, it can also be a mortal sin. Mortal sin. Drunkenness. How? When? Why? Drunkenness is a mortal sin when we deliberately Willingly and knowingly drink to get drunk. Going out in the lash this weekend with the lads going to get hammered. Mortal sin. Careful. I was out last night, Father. Had a good time and we were enjoying ourselves and we had a, a, a cheers and had a, a shot of whiskey and I didn't know how strong it was and before you knew it, I was plastered. Don't worry. Don't worry. That wasn't your intention. But will you just be a bit more careful the next time? See the difference? See the difference? Look, any and all forms of intemperance are detrimental to growing in the virtue of temperance. We need to be balanced and measured and moderate in all things. I'll conclude today in the hope that we can all see that, like all the cardinal virtues, 
The virtue of temperance is something that gives us greater freedom. Freedom to choose the right thing in the right way, at the right moment, and for the right reason. Right reason being what makes the human being function correctly. And we can say that just as correctly means intelligently, so intelligently means temperately. For no man or woman is wise who knows what is bad for them, yet does it anyway. No man is wise who knows what is good for them, but avoids it and won't do it. And this is exactly the behavior of the intemperate person. So, we promote this virtue of temperance that we might strive for the goods that come from God and avoid the evils that come from the devils. We'll conclude by promoting the virtue of temperance by asking our Blessed Lady to intercede for us and to help us in our efforts to obtain it. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Thank you.